check. Is that better? Okay. Do you ever wake up cranky? Yes. You just woke up, but you feel like you didn't get any rest. You know what I mean? You feel more tired than you when you went to bed. You wake up and you feel like, you feel like I'm just going to have a bad day today. Right? I know some people just wake up cranky every morning. Right? They wake up and right away they, they, they want to say some unwholesome things. Right? And some people just wake up, they're like, good morning. They're like, I want to sing, like, hi-ho, hi-ho, like, I'm going to have a great day. Today we start with the story of this king who woke up extremely cranky. He takes waking up on the wrong side of the bed to another level. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful Sabbath. Thank you for this beautiful people who came to your house. Now, as we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. Last Sabbath, we started a series called Courageous. It's a series on Daniel chapters 1 through 7. The chapter 1 of Daniel is written in Hebrew, and chapters 8 through 12 are written in Hebrew as well. But Daniel chapters 2 through 7 are written in Aramaic, which was the language of the Babylonian Empire. Not only that, Daniel chapters 2 to 7 are in chiastic structure. I'm going to show you what chiastic structure looks like. So chapters 2 and 7 are connected, uh, 3 and 6 are similar, and chapters 4 and 5 are connected. Okay? So in this four-part series from the book of Daniel, we, we had chapter 1 as the introduction. Then we all will study today chapters 2 and 7, chapters 3 and 6 next weekend, and then we take a break for two weeks, and then we're going to end with chapters 4 and 5. The series is called Courageous because we see this ongoing theme of living courageously by Daniel and his friends. So here we are. Today, we start from Daniel chapter 2. In chapter 2, King Nebuchadnezzar wakes up and he is in a bad mood. Okay? I mean, he is so cranky. He's about to commit a mass murder. Seriously, he, he wants to kill all of his advisors and wise men. He literally takes waking up on the wrong side of the bed to another level. Right? He's about to kill people because he woke up cranky. Why? Because he had a bad dream. Do you ever have a bad dream? Yes, me too. But we don't wake up all like, oh, I'm going to kill everyone. Right? To make the matters worse, he actually doesn't even remember his dream. That's messed up, right? At least if you remember, then you can tell people and they can tell you what maybe made the, the dreams may have meant. But he doesn't even remember his own dream. He just remembers that it was a terrible dream. That's how we start chapter 2. 
Do me a favor, Lomar in the church. As we go along today, um, I need you to do something. Okay? So, as we go along, um, we're not going to read the whole chapters because they're really long. Chapters 2 and 7. So, I'm going to tell you the story of chapter 2. And I'm going to also tell you the story of chapter 7. And what I need you to do is that during the story, I need you to find Jesus. Okay? It's like, where is Jesus in that chapter? Where is Jesus in chapter 7? So as you listen to the story, find Jesus, okay? And let me warn you, today's sermon is going to get really nerdy, okay? I don't like nerdy sermons, okay? But please bear with me, all right? So chapter 2 of Book of Daniel. King Nebuchadnezzar, the emperor of the great Babylonian Empire woke up with a bad dream. Okay? It troubled him because he knew it was a bad dream, but he didn't remember the dream. So he summoned all the magicians really early because he couldn't sleep at all that night. And he said, You guys, I pay you a lot of money every day. So I had a really bad dream, but I want you to tell me what I dreamt. Okay? Tell me what I dreamed. And all the people, all the wise men of Babylonians, they're like, uh, Your Majesty, if you tell us the dream, then we will tell you, we'll interpret it and tell you what the dreams mean. But nobody, no human being can tell you what you dreamed. And that angered the king. Remember, he didn't have a good rest because the dream woke him up and he probably stayed up all night, right? So his eyes were droopy and, and his mind was kind of cloudy and he was in really bad mood. So King said this, if you do not tell me, you only have one consequence and that is, if you don't tell me what I dreamed, I'm going to kill all of you. So the king ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. And this meant Daniel and his friends would get killed too. Remember last weekend? Daniel and his friends? Why wasn't Daniel there anyway? He probably was at home eating water and pulse. Anyway, when the soldiers came to kill Daniel... Daniel was like, whoa, chill, man, chill, okay? Let let me go talk to the king. Do not kill anybody. Let me go talk to the king. And he goes there, and he pleads with the king. He goes, king, please. Remember, Daniel's like 10 times smarter than all other wise men. King, please, just, just, just hold on. Give me some time. Give me some time, and I'll find out what you dream." When Daniel came home and prayed earnest to God, God revealed everything Daniel needed to know. So next day, look at this, verse 31. So now Daniel's telling King Nebuchadnezzar what the king had dreamed, okay? Your majesty, you looked, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance, 
The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. Verse 34. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. Not done yet. Then Daniel explains the dream. The image he saw represented the kingdoms. The head was Babylon. After that, another kingdom will arise. Next, a third kingdom. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron. The feet and the toes were probably of baked clay and probably of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. Then Daniel continued. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but, it'll, but it will itself endure forever. So, Loma in the church, you heard the story. Where is Jesus? Anyone? Where was Jesus in the story, in in chapter 2? Nobody? Come on, I bet like our church average IQ is like 160. Come on. Where was Jesus? Anyone want to take a guess? Oh, okay, two hands up there. Go ahead. When Daniel prayed to God, okay, that's good. Daniel prayed to God, it's good, but there is something more close to Jesus than that. Okay, right next to it. I saw your hand. Anyone else? Where was Jesus in the story? When he revealed the dream, there's a power of God there. Okay, that's good. But I want to hear Jesus. Like, there is Jesus in the story. Anyone else? I see one hand right here. Okay, go ahead. The rock. Does anyone agree that there's rock and there's Jesus? Yes, three people agree. Good. I'm going to go on. Chapter 7. Again, find Jesus in chapter 7, okay? The Daniel, uh, Daniel, the dream in Daniel 7 occurs years later, like years later, when King Belshazzar is the king of Babylon, okay? In his dream, this is Daniel's dream now, in his dream, Daniel saw storm in a great sea. So probably the, 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 the dream was really loud and really dark. And then in that weather, out of the sea, out of the great sea, four great beasts arose. Each beast, different from the others, came up out of the sea. The first one was like a lion, but it had wings like, like wings of, a, of an eagle. Okay? 
Then there was a bear, and the bear had three ribs in his, in his mouth. Okay? The third beast looked like a leopard. And on its back, it had four wings like those of a bird. So the wings are not as great and grand as the lion's wings, but it had wings. And this beast, the leopard, had four heads. Creepy, right? One time I saw a two-headed snake from San Francisco Zoo. Oh, I had a nightmare. Okay? There was a leopard with, it was a four-headed beast. Okay, the leopard was a four-headed beast. Creepy. After that, Daniel saw the fourth beast. Daniel couldn't recognize what the animal was, but he described it as terrifying, frightening, and very powerful. I want to call this beast the super beast. Okay, it's like a super beast. He, he didn't, Daniel was a very educated person, as you know, right? He went to the elite academy of Babylon, and he was like the, he was like the, like a, you know, what is it, valedictorian of, of the class. He was the smartest one of all. But he could not recognize the animal, so it was something that he has never, ever seen, right? And this animal, this super beast, it had a large iron teeth. It crushed, devoured, and trampled underfoot whatever was left, okay? It was different from all the former beasts, and it had 10 horns. The horns here mean 10 kings. Okay? Okay, Lomar in the church, as I describe the fourth beast, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? Are you thinking about this picture? Yes. Did you see this picture growing up? Oh my goodness. Every time I went to church and there was like a, like a, uh, evangelism series at our church and, uh, my mom like made me go and then I didn't understand anything and then all of a sudden this pastor would say something and bam! Would be that picture. I'm like, oh! That's so creepy and scary. And I would have a, I would have nightmare because of this. Except this was a nightmare of Daniel's. Right? What do you think that fourth beast looked like? Um, maybe, maybe, maybe the fourth beast looked like this. Next picture. Who knew? It was a T-Rex. Cute, not very friendly T-Rex. Was it? Or how about the next one? Oh, that's really creepy. I, when I saw this, I'm like, I have to show this picture to everyone so that everyone can have nightmares tonight. Then you'd, you'd understand Daniel. Look at that picture. Oh, can you imagine like dreaming and this thing comes out? And the horn, you know, the you know, horn speaks like a human being. So, oh, nasty. Right? Anyway, I'm not done with the dream yet. Then, look at this, verse 13. This is chapter 7, verse 13. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a 
Son of Man. Coming with the clouds of heaven, he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and the people of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Now, Loma Linda Church, where is Jesus in chapter 7? Was it so obvious? Yes. You tell me, where, was, where is Jesus in, verse, uh, in chapter 7? Seriously? Oh, ancient is the same thing, but there's one more right before it. What is it? What is it? Son of man, who said that? Somebody like, yeah, good job. Good job. Yeah, it was kind of too obvious. Now, I don't know. Was this the first time that you heard about Daniel chapter 7? Anyone? Oh, by the way, this is something you can do. Before you come to church, when we do series, please read the chapters. Then it will be a lot easier for you to understand. Okay? Uh, I want to make a very important point about this. Because Daniel chapter 2 and 7 are related. And Adventist church, we, we study Daniel Revelation all the time. Okay? I know a lot of you guys probably saw that, saw those pictures before. Now, what's the point of this, like, beast and the image and the gold, silver, all of that and all different beasts? What is the point of it? Do you know? You know, growing up, I saw all these pictures. I've heard many sermons about Daniel Revelation, but I never got the point. Here's an interesting thing about this. Um, I do a lot of I do a lot of weddings. Okay, like um, like last three months I did three, and the next two months I have two left. Well, next three four months I have two left. So it's like I told you this before. Average every year I do like seven weddings. It keeps me really busy. But something I do before I do the wedding is that I do premarital counseling, and I tell always I tell the couples all the time, hey, as we prepare for this wedding, hey, what's more important? Wedding or the marriage? Loma in the church, what's more important? The wedding or the marriage? The marriage. You know, it doesn't matter how terrible your wedding is or was as long as your marriage is great. You know what I mean? People always ask me, Pastor, what was, what was like the worst wedding that you've ever done? You want to hear the worst wedding I've ever done? Let me tell you about the worst wedding I've ever done. The couple that I did the wedding for, I hope they're not listening. Um, so this one wedding was at a beautiful park in the Arcadia area. And when my wife and I went in there, it was like a beautiful park. There were a lot of people there. And um, in the beautiful, like, place with a lot of shade and well it's not no shade actually it was really hot um there was this chairs and um just just beautifully set up and i thought oh this is going to be a great uh, awesome beautiful wedding but after that like everything went wrong for example i was waiting for the 
for the bride to, to come in, I was like, okay, everyone, please rise for the uh, bridal processional. And then she was walking in, and everyone was watching her. And then all of a sudden, she fell. Like, she didn't fall, like, like cute. You know what I mean? Like, cute, oh, you know? She, she like, bam, fell. And then she got up. We're like, oh, we're so worried for her. And then she walked a little more, and bam, she fell again. Because it was all grassy area, there was like an uneven grassy area, and she fell like three times marching in. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is, this is terrible. And then I started talking the, for the sermonette, and I always make it short, because nobody remembers sermon weddings, okay? So I make it really short. <laughs> and I started talking, and in the park, there were about, I don't know, like, you know, I, I hate birds, right? They're like, they're like 100 or more peacocks. And as you know, peacocks, God made them male and female. And as soon as I started, all of a sudden, this peacock started mating. Like literally, I'm, I'm, I'm talking right here and my wife is sitting in the back and right next to her, all of a sudden, like peacocks would make this mating sound and they would start mating. I was like, oh my goodness, what is happening? Does it really matter that they had a wedding like that? Guess what? The couple had two kids right now and... They're they're happy. They're doing great. The whole point of the wedding was for their marriage, not for the wedding. Okay? So the, the meaning behind it, the point of the whole event is the most important. When we look at something like Daniel and Revelation or, or the image, the, the, gold, the, the golden head and the, 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 the iron legs, whatever, the beast. Guess what? Guess what the point is? Do you know what the point is? By the way, look at this. The head is a lion. It's Babylon. Actually, let's look at the, the next picture. Okay? As you can see, the, um, the silver is um, Middle Persia, which is a second kingdom. And after that is the bronze, the torso, is um, Gre- uh, Grecian Empire. And then the, the fourth one is, as you know, Roman Empire. Okay? And when we teach this, we have every single date to like whatever BC to whatever. This was this kingdom. This was that kingdom. We have like everything that you need to know. But a lot of times, people forget the point of this. You know what the point of this whole thing is? This whole event? The point, and it's so funny how a lot of Adventists, we go through this whole thing and we forget the point. The most important part of this whole thing, these dreams, is the rock, is the son of man. Do you realize that? Is the fact that Jesus is coming back. The whole thing was designed to let people know that Jesus is coming back. 
the whole point is the rock and the son of man. It is the everlasting kingdom and King Jesus. The whole point of these prophetic dreams was to point to the to the everlasting kingdom, the Son of Man, the central figure of the entire Bible. Son of Man was Jesus' favorite name. Did you know that? Son of Man was Jesus' favorite name. We're familiar with the titles like Christ or Lord, uh, Prince of Peace, and all these things. However, the title that we find the most often on the lips of Jesus to refer to himself is neither of these. Instead, he most frequently used the title Son of Man. How did he get the name? How do you get the name? Jesus got that name from Daniel chapter 7. This is the first time this word was ever used. The Son of Man sits in judgment over the beast and that had been ruling the earth the whole time. He takes their dominion away from them. The dominion of the earth is taken from the beast and given to the one like a man, the son of man. This is quite significant because this sounds like Genesis, right? God created human beings and he gave dominion over the beast. But it seems that at a certain point after the fall of humanity, somehow the beast ruled the world and took dominion over the world. Then, this human one, the son of man, comes back to the earth and takes away dominion over the world and rules over the world. The son of man, above all else, is a heavenly figure. It emphasizes the origin, the majesty, and dignity of this ruler who will rule over all things forevermore. This one becomes Lord of all and is given to reign all over all people, nations, languages, in the everlasting kingdom. All of the worldly kingdoms rise and fall. We see that in the dreams, right? There's only one kingdom which still stands forever and ever. And the Lord of the everlasting kingdom is Jesus. So, Loma in the church, if Jesus is your Lord today, you belong to the everlasting kingdom. If Jesus is your Lord today, the kingdom of heaven is here and now. If Jesus rules your life, even if you live in this country, you're a citizen of the everlasting kingdom here and now. Courageous living is having Jesus as your Lord, King, and Ruler. 
Honestly, when I started the series, I did not know that I would be talking about Jesus from the book of Daniel. I didn't know. Maybe I should have studied more. But I, I kind of came, came to it when I came to these chapters. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It's, it's about Jesus. And even if I tried to match everything, like I would not have done it this, this good. But somehow, here we are in the midst of a series of the book of Daniel. The center figure is Jesus Christ on the Easter Sabbath. The central figure of Easter weekend is Jesus. And yes, we should celebrate it. He is the resurrected king. I was looking at this and I was like, So what does this all mean to me? Like, how do we, how do we apply this to my life? To me in, in 21st century. Remember Lomar in the church, in the dream was a statue. Another word for it is an image. And another word for that is an idol. In fact, next weekend, we'll see what King Nebuchadnezzar has people to do with with this idol. He actually forces everyone to worship the image. But the question I wanted to ask you, Lomar in the church, is this. Lomar in the church, who is the central figure in your dreams and in your visions? All of us have our dreams and visions in life. The point of your hard work, the purpose for your hard labor. When I look at our students, they they work so hard. They study so hard. And most, every one of you, you guys work so hard. And all your work and all your labor and in your dreams and visions who is the central figure? Is it you? As, you? as you work so hard to fulfill your dreams, is it you? Is it you and your family? Is that it? Loma Linda Church, I ask you today, is the image or the idol in the center of your dream? Who is the central figure in your dream? Remember, all our gold and silver will be broken to pieces and become like chef on the threshing floor in the summer. It means it's going to be gone. Disappear. Things in this world will burn. Kingdoms fall. So Lomar in the church Let us invite The son of man As a central figure In our dreams And visions Let us put Jesus As a central figure In my dream His dominion Is an everlasting dominion That will not pass away And his kingdom Is one that will Never be destroyed the everlasting kingdom. Let us pray.
Heavenly Father,